Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. I'm Susan Shapa with RNS Shapa Farms in Lubbock, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, Texas wheat growers are voicing their needs for the 2023 Farm Bill. We'll check in with one wheat grower who spent some time in Washington, D.C. recently, coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. For those in agriculture, there are important things to take care of on an ongoing basis. That includes keeping good financial records for your operation. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll tell you about a special educational opportunity being offered by Texas A&M AgriLife. Calling herds and selling calves in Texas as the devastating summer drought lingers into the fall season. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have a report on Texas Ag Today. Lack of rainfall this summer has resulted in low hay supplies for many. Most hay purchases this season have been based on quantity as opposed to quality. We will discuss the importance of a forage analysis. I'm Dr. Vanessa Olson from Overton. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Wheat growers from around the country were in Washington, D.C. recently voicing their concerns about the 2023 Farm Bill. Freddie Street of Vernon, Texas, was one of the farmers there. Our purpose in going was to express our views and needs on this new farm bill. We met with a day and a half of solid meetings with different offices and did not get to meet with any of the specific representatives or senators, but we met with all our staff, and all our staff was very supportive, very attentive. Street says message number one was to strengthen the farm safety net. My whole point in stressing our needs was we, we got to have an increase in the reference price in these for these commodities because that Title I program is supposed to be a, a safety net, but that safety net doesn't do you any good if it nets six foot below the surface of the water. And priority number two was... Don't touch crop insurance. Leave, leave it alone. Maybe enhance it some way, but don't hurt it. That, that's the backbone of what's keeping the farmers in business today is as risky as this business has gotten. Wheat growers met with members and staff from eight Texas congressional districts, as well as Senator John Cornyn's office. They also participated in meetings with the Senate and House Agriculture Committee's majority staff and the Senate Agriculture Committee's minority staff, those meetings hosted by the National Association of Wheat Growers. 
Registration is now underway for a free regenerative agriculture field day coming up in a few days in La Mesa. The field day hosted by Texas A&M AgriLife Extension and AgriLife Research will showcase the latest research and best practices to help improve production and profitability while reducing the overall carbon footprint. Speakers will discuss cover crop termination timing, greenhouse gas emissions, soil health management, crop rotations, and economics. A link to RSVP is available on today.agrilife.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Dairy Max has partnered with Gandy's Dairy and the Texas Tech Sports Performance Center to install a refrigerated milk dispenser. Texas Tech is home to more than 400 student-athletes, and they welcome the -the state-of-the-art milk refrigeration technology. The system is known as the Utterly Cold Milk Dispenser. It ensures the delivery of fresh milk through refrigerated lines, allowing student-athletes to fuel their body with high-quality Texas milk. Gandy's Dairy will make weekly donations of white and chocolate milk. Dairy Max says the donations symbolize the commitment of Texas dairy farmers and their vital contributions to both the agricultural sector and the overall well-being of their communities. Keeping good financial records for your farming operation is a vital task. James Hunt tells us there's a special educational opportunity coming up that can help with that task. D.D. Jones is a risk management specialist with Texas A&M AgriLife. She says with all the challenges farmers and ranchers face, one essential resource they need to maintain is good records. There's always some kind of risk or uncertainty in the ag market. And so I think in order to continue to have a good relationship with your banker and get your operating notes renewed or get new notes for land or equipment, it's very important to have a good set of financial records. With that in mind, D.D. Jones wants producers to know that AgriLife is now offering online training on how to work with the online version of QuickBooks. Jones says QuickBooks Online is much like the desktop version, but with some advantages. Similar features, but rather than just being able to use it on your personal computer or your Macintosh, you can use it on any platform. So you could pull it up on your iPad or your iPhone or your Android or any device that you want to. So it makes for really easy information sharing between lots of different partners. For more information about the QuickBooks training, contact AgriLife or search online with the words AgriLife QuickBooks Online Training. Meanwhile, on another AgriLife offering, Jones says openings are still available for those who would like to participate in the Annie's Project courses that are specifically tailored for women in agriculture. The series of courses begin on Monday, October 2nd, and will be conducted at the AgriLife Center in Amarillo. Topics will include agriculture law, risk management, government programs, marketing, and mental health. For information about these courses designed for women in agriculture, contact the AgriLife Center in Amarillo or search online with the words Annie's Project AgriLife Amarillo. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The effects of the summer drought are lingering into the fall. Tom Nicoletti has more. My guest in the Waco studio is Tracy Tomasek. He is Texas Farm Bureau Livestock Specialist. And Tracy, fall has started here in Texas and across the country, of course. And uh, the drought has continued. And uh, what are you uh, hearing about pasture conditions and uh, livestock conditions across Texas? 
Tom, the long, hot, dry summer is showing its uh, impact on pastures across Texas in all directions. Annual forages that folks rely on in the coming months are going to become more and more important if we don't get any rain in the very near future. To this point, planting conditions for those small grains, such as oats and wheat, have just been pretty tough. Really are dependent upon some sort of saving moisture coming in the, in the very near future. With depleted water conditions, uh, producers across Texas have been uh, culling their herds, selling their calves early uh, with uh, no relief in sight. That's uh, one of the other issues that's gone on. Seems like we've been in this situation for a couple of years now. We've got a smaller cow herd, and now uh, our farmers and ranchers are having to market their livestock sooner than normal as a result of the poor forage conditions. Looking ahead into the winter months, we still have somewhat limited supplies of hay to get through the you know the next six months until we get into a spring growing season. But on the bright side, livestock prices have been pretty high, especially for cattle, especially compared to previous years. Price of grain has settled down just a little bit, which doesn't help our grain farmers, but certainly uh, has provided a little bit of relief for the livestock owners. That is Tracy Tomasic. He is Texas Farm Bureau Livestock Specialist. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A forage analysis can be an important tool to help you stretch your hay supplies this winter. Forage specialist Dr. Vanessa Olson tells why. One of the first considerations when purchasing hay is that it should be based on individual animal requirements. For optimal production, forage quality should be matched as closely as possible to the nutritional needs of the animal. Low quality forage can result in reduced animal performance and increased supplemental feeding cost. Whereas hay of sufficient quality, little or no supplementation will be necessary to meet the animal's nutritional needs. Keep in mind that not all forage or hay is created equal. There is great variation between forages and nutrient content can vary dramatically, even within a particular type of forage. Several factors influence hay quality, such as maturity, forage species and variety, fertilization, temperature, leaf to stem ratio, and weather at harvesting and baling. Regardless of if you are buying hay or feeding the hay you raised, it is a good idea to test the hay to determine what, if any, supplementation will be needed. When collecting samples, a good practice is to sample approximately 10% of the bales from a particular cutting or load using a hay probe. Often a hay probe can be borrowed from your county extension office. Samples should be taken from bales that would represent hay from the entire field. After taking samples from 10% of the bales, combine the samples and remove a portion of the composite to send off for analysis. Crude protein content is the most common thing people think about when testing hay. While crude protein content is important, a good estimate of total digestible nutrients, or TDN, is as important and in many cases more important than crude protein. There are a multitude of both commercial and university forage labs around the country. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service Soil, Water, and Forage Testing Laboratory does offer forage analysis as a service out of College Station, Texas. For additional information on forage testing or available forage labs, contact your local county extension agent. If you haven't done so already, now is the time to get a nutrient analysis of all available hay and forage. Feeding cattle is never cheap, but producers with information about what they are feeding can be more efficient. This is Dr. Vanessa Olson with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension in Overton for Texas Ag Today. The archery-only whitetail deer hunting season opens later this month. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have your deer season forecast coming up on Texas Ag Today. 
and laminitis in horses is related to the level of insulin in the blood. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas has lost over 2 million acres of agricultural land in the last 25 years. That's a threat to family farms, our economy, and our food supply. This is State Representative Dwayne Burns, and I'm here with my friend, Super Bowl champ, and Dallas Cowboy legend, Jay Novacek. You know, I've been a real cowboy my whole life, so I'm asking everyone to go out and vote for Proposition 1, the right to farm amendment that this guy, Dwayne Burns, actually wrote. Whether you're a cowboy or not, this is important to all Texans. We all need access to safe and affordable food in the future. Proposition 1 one protects our family farms and ranches so they can grow our food right here in Texas. On November 7th, please head to the polls and vote for Proposition 1, the Food for Texas Amendment. Yeah, come on, Texas. Let's do it Jay's way. Vote for Prop 1 and then spread the word with your friends and family. Political ad paid for by Right to Farm Texas PAC. Learn more about Proposition 1 at righttofarmtexas.com. That's right, the number two, farmtexas.com. Political ad authorized by Right to Farm Texas PAC. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. The most common cause of laminitis in horses is related to the level of insulin in their blood. Dr. Bob Judd has more. Insulin dysregulation is common in many horses, and these horses cannot control their insulin levels, so they have high levels of insulin circulating in their blood. These high levels of insulin trigger laminitis, and it is believed that insulin binds to the insulin-like growth factor, which causes stretching and damage to the tissues in the hoof. Testing the horses to determine the insulin level can be performed with a single fasting blood sample. However, the best method is to test the horses by giving them a light Cairo syrup dose and get blood samples before and after the syrup as an oral sugar test. Dr. Andy Durham from England indicates in the horse publication that there are three main factors that can lead to insulin dysregulation. The first is equine Cushing's disease, correctly called PPID. The second is equine metabolic syndrome, or EMS. And the third is administering corticosteroids to the horse for treatment of another condition. And if your horse has more than one of these conditions, the risk is even higher. For example, if your horse has Cushing's disease and is given an injection of cortisone for allergic skin disease, this could be enough to cause laminitis to develop. That is the reason it is important to know if your horse has Cushing's disease or EMS by testing so you can decrease the risk. It is important to keep your horse from becoming overweight by feeding a diet low in non-structural carbohydrates, increase exercise, and you have to be very careful allowing these horses to graze on pasture, as a lot of pasture has increased sugar content, which stimulates insulin release. Ask your veterinarian if your horse is susceptible to hormonal laminitis and consider testing to determine the risk. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Archery season for white-tailed deer opens soon. Jessica Domel has the deer season forecast in today's wildlife report. 
Despite a hot and dry summer that has led to drought conditions across much of the state, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is forecasting a good white-tailed deer hunting season. Alan Kane, TPWD Big Game Program Director, joins us with more. Deer season's looking to be in pretty good shape this year. Probably a surprise to most hunters considering how hot and dry it was this summer. But in reality, we had a really good rainfall this spring and going into early summer and into early June across the vast majority of the state. And that set the stage for fantastic antler growth. And we're seeing that. I'm starting to receive lots of photos from landowners that got cameras out, that are, they've been doing good management and, and just others. And they're seeing good quality antlers this year, which is is unexpected considering how dry and hot it's been this summer, but that speaks volumes to the importance of moisture and the spring and that good spring vegetation, spring green up, and how important it is to get bucks back into better body condition coming out of the rut and then set the stage for excellent antler growth over the summer. And the same with does, they were in pretty good shape. Pretty good report of fawn production this summer. A lot of fawns on the ground. I think the heat's probably had a toll on some of those, and so maybe we won't recruit as many as we're expecting in the fall, but we did have decent numbers. In fact, I'm having some individuals, for example, in South Texas, where it's been extremely hot and dry, you know, reporting upwards of 50 to 70% fawn crops on some of those ranches. And obviously that depends on habitat conditions. The archery-only deer season opens September 30th. The general season opens November 4th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle market kicked off the trading week mostly lower on Monday, but we did have a nice jump in cotton prices. We'll check out all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. Find more information by visiting tcfa.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle had a mixed close to kick off the trading week on Monday while feeder cattle closed lower. In the live cattle market, the nearby contracts were lower, deferred contracts higher. October live cattle down 10 cents, 186.97. The December down 12 at 191.22. February live cattle up 35 cents, 195.90. Feeder cattle mostly lower across the board. September feeders down 22 cents, 253.87. October down 32 at 258.82. November feeders down 82 cents at 262.70. Cash fed cattle market wrapping up last week, selling cattle here in the Southern Plains at mostly 183. That is steady with the previous week's average. Up north, dressed cattle sold at mostly 292. That is steady with the previous week as well. Box beef prices mixed on Monday. Choice down a dollar ninety-three at 301.40. Select up a dollar nineteen, 281.62. Now let's check those auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. 
That fella right there in the sale ring is Jody Fry. He's about to tell us how the sale went in San Angelo Thursday, Jody. 785 was the total today. More cattle than what it looked like uh, we was going to have. 4,600-pound steers, better quality steers, 215, all the way up to a high of near 285, mostly in that weight range from 225 to 255. Six to 800-pound steers, 190 to a high of 255, mostly 205 to 230. Better quality heifer calves, 190 to 240, mostly 205 to 225. Slaughter cows, average to high yielding from 83 to 99. Several of the highest yielding slaughter cows from a dollar to a dollar fifteen thin or very low yielding cows that would include some of the longhorn cows from 60 to 77 slaughter bulls average to high yielding from 93 to 113 several of the highest yielding slaughter bulls from 114 all the way up to a high of 132 now what are we anticipating next week i look for more sheep and goats uh sunshine mild weather over the weekend uh we did break that 5,000 mark on tuesday uh i look for at least 6,000 or more look for a pretty good market for from what I've heard here at the middle of the week going uh, toward the weekend. Uh, good run Tuesday. Next Thursday, would like to mention West Texas Rehab Sale. That benefits the West Texas Rehabilitation Center. Uh, we will have that in conjunction with the regular cattle sale on Thursday. So come out if you're in the immediate area. You're sure welcome to, to come join us. They'll feed us a, a noon meal sometime between 11 and 12 on Thursday. Tell us how to get a hold of you, Jody. You bet. 325-653-3371. That's the office number. Mobile phone number is 234-7895. Neighbor, that's it for Walking the Pins here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. That fella right there is Jody Fry, and you've been listening to us both on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs finished steady to higher on Monday. October hogs unchanged, 81.52. December hogs up 35 at 72.52. Class 3 milk was higher. September milk up a penny, 1842 a hundred weight. The October contract up 15 at 1731 a hundred. Nice jump in the cotton market as traders have their eyes right here in Texas. Traders fearing that additional Texas yield losses could come from forecast heavy rains. The updated 6 to 10 and 8 to 14 day outlooks show above normal chances for rain here in Texas. And that had the trade a bit nervous on Monday. December cotton up 226 points, 88.17. March cotton up 201 at 88.76. May cotton up 178 points at 89.14 cents. Corn and wheat both managed to close higher. December corn up 4 cents, 481 and a quarter. March corn up three and a half at 495 and three quarters, while May corn was up three and a quarter, 504 and a quarter. Both hard and soft wheat managed to close higher on Monday. Support coming from the ongoing Russia-Ukraine war and the fact that Ukraine is facing some difficult conditions trying to move grain out of their country while under attack. Of course, that Black Sea grain deal with Russia is long gone, so they don't have that protection anymore, and they're continuing to try to move wheat onto the world market with limited success. December Kansas City wheat up three and a quarter, seven fourteen and a half. December Chicago wheat up nine and a half at five eighty nine a bushel. In the energy markets, November natural gas was up a penny, two eighty nine. November West Texas crude down twenty cents at eighty nine eighty three a barrel. 
The financial markets were mixed Monday afternoon. The Dow was down 24 points at 33,939. The Nasdaq up 23, 13,235. The S&P up 7 at 4,372. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.